Welcome to RCS. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. I'm Dave. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to warn our audience now. Um, there are going to be two Putnams on this uh, issue of, of RCS, so it might be tough to tell them apart. So <laughs> We'll try and do our best. Yeah. That's Dan one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. How are you, Dan? Good, man. Not as good as you. Oh, yeah. I found a monkey. You want to tell everybody why? Yeah. Okay, I found a monkey. Yeah. Um, it's And I'm really excited, and I... I always think that the audience or like people out there who are just tuning in are like, why does Nick have a, a monkey? monkey? That's illegal. I have a feeling, but this is another thing. I don't think it's a hard stretch. Like if I, if I just put out there, Nick bought a monkey, people would be like, yeah, I could see that. Like, yeah. you know, so, you know, he's in the category of dumb people like Paris Hilton and things like that. I'd buy a monkey. No, I bought a, uh, a Honda monkey 125 and I, like, I, I go down and just look at it. Because <laughs> it's raining, and I'm like, I can't go out on riding. But um, and I have thought about putting it up in my apartment, but um, <laughs> I've realized it's not as easy to do, and there's some nosy neighbors. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited. If it wasn't for the elevator, you'd be fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I kept thinking, like, the elevator door is going to open. There's going to be some little lady there. And I'm just going to be like holding a motorcycle, like, hey, okay, have a nice day now. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> so yeah, they'll be like, oh, I'll get the next one. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like somebody's be like, you know, I saw a man in the. <laughs> I think that would be the thing is. Like, like, going down the office, I saw a guy in the elevator with a motorcycle. Right. <laughs> so, I'm really excited. Uh, the mods have already started. They haven't, uh, nothing's come in yet, but uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's not a slippery slope. It's more like a cliff with that bike. It really is. And then I, I've got to go, uh, I, I took it a long time. I think, and I think, looking back, I don't think I actually took a course last time. I just read the book and then took the test on the motorcycle yeah. test. So, this week I've got to go. You can still do that. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I was realizing this. I was talking to Shauna. I haven't looked at a driver's safety book of like, <laughs> since I was 15. So, it's been a few years. So, uh, I've got to, you know, refresh my memory of what the signs mean and there's a few laws I'm not sure. Like we were riding this weekend and I was like, I was like, can we ride next to each other? And you're like, it has to be staggered. Yeah, <laughs> so. technically staggered, but yeah. Also, I, I don't have the skill to do it, but I really wish I could film the way you ride a monkey down the street and, and it's... I like warming up my tires. It's like, it's like, a, it's like <laughs> watching a toddler in a bouncy house. So, <laughs> Sean and I are back there like just trying to stay in our lane. You're just bouncing around, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy. Ride. I'm really happy. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what you do with it. Watching oh, David God. mod his and Brandon, yeah, uh, mod his. I'm excited to see the monkey community oddly exploding around here. I Rain take credit for that. Rain City monkeys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it's uh, it's going to be a good summer. I think I'm going to yes. save a lot of money on gas. So there'll be that when it's not raining. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm good. Happy. One of those mods that I know you're going to do because it's fun to do is exhaust. Yeah. That's not, I mean, I think that's what people understand is that you buy the bike, but then like mod wise, like what I want to do is already added up to like half the price of the bike. Like there's it's, super easy to do with that. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, and some parts are really cheap. Like doing the, the, the gear reduction in the front is like $8, but yeah. like exhaust is 800, five to 800 bucks suspension, which I have to do <laughs> because I bought it out by sitting on it is, is another Five to eight hundred dollars. It's just it adds up quick. Real quick on that. So but. yeah, uh, I figured I would do our Carter Subaru tip of the week about exhaust or a little bit. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the difference between resonators and mufflers because there is a difference and spelled differently. Correct. Yep. <laughs> that yep. is okay. a start. Yep. So uh, the resonator. Let's start with that because it explains the muffler. Muffler quiets your exhaust. It helps. It helps tune the exhaust. But a resonator is simply designed to tune the sound. It is the specific purpose of a resonator is sound. 
So you can get legal requirements with the muffler. It's by the way, it is illegal to modify your exhaust system. For the record, we'll get into that in a little bit. But and a muffler also creates back pressure for the engine too. Yeah, but that's sort of a modern myth now that you need a certain amount of back pressure. You can no. actually tune a motor to do straight pipe all the way all the way out, and it's fine. You just have to tune for it. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but a resonator is specifically designed to make the engine sound good, and so you can change the way. Like a lot of guys will go aftermarket exhaust and even add a resonator often in place of their catalytic converter if they're doing a really heavy tune. You don't need one of Which those. is illegal, so don't do that. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. How do you wink through a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. But anyway, that's the difference there is that uh, a muffler is also, people. it's not specifically the difference, but most of the time, like 99% of the time, a muffler is multi-chamber and a resonator is simply changing the inside or internal diameter and has different packing. So a different length, like a, a slight decrease in diameter with more packing is going to be a quieter resonator. But specifically when you buy an aftermarket exhaust with an aftermarket muffler, it may also include a resonator to make it sound the way they want. So if you've seen or heard that car go by you at 60 miles an hour on the freeway, that sounds like it's at like 9,000 RPMs. Yeah. So every Civic from the 90s you've ever seen, that's a car without a resonator and a crappy exhaust. You remember going into like Shucks Auto Part and getting the Cherry Bomb? Oh, yeah. Um, Who did? Yeah, Cherry Bomb glass packs. Yeah, God, yeah those are great. Yeah, and glass packs, mm-hmm. resonators, not yep. mufflers. So they... they called them sort of interchangeably back then, but the specific difference is that one is specifically made for sound. Yeah, and it, and law-wise, you're really not supposed to change your muffler, but... Not technically. No, then you'd be got all these people running around with Scions with uh, big fart cans on the back of their car. But yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Remember those HKS super draggers? Yes. And the funny thing is, is dragger meant, like, drag strip, but they all just drug on the ground because they were that giant stainless can that weighed probably 50 pounds more than the stock exhaust. It really helped. Yeah, big you know, time. But yeah, I think you just just cut just cut it off right at the headers and just call it a day. You get yeah, to see the flames out. too. It's dump that's it out the, the fun side. part. Yeah, yeah. Dump it out the side. Right? Yeah, if it's not shooting flames straight up out the hood, you know, from the turbo, that's just more efficient. Yeah, <laughs> those Speak- seven second GTRs. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you hear the SRT's gone? They're yes. Get rid of it now. Which I don't know how that's going to go. That's interesting. That's a, a big part of Dodge and Chrysler, and I don't know. I mean. I, they what make, are the they rednecks going to do? Well, but they, may, I mean, they make a lot of money off it. Like, what well, they think they still hold the record for like the least amount of time from somebody picked up a car to total the car. It's like a quarter of a mile or something like that. So that doesn't surprise you know, me at so. all. I was excited because they just put a Hellcat engine in one of the Chrysler minivans, and I really kind of <laughs> wanted to see what that would do. So yeah, I was kept thinking about that. It's funny you bring that up before we move on. Uh, AMG made that minivan 600 horsepower they made like less than 30 of them i want to say but that hot rod minivan does exist from the factory yeah. and mercedes of all people actually did it there's a few people out there that took honda odysseys and put like the the spoon engines in them and yeah i've seen that like, thousand horsepower minivans i was like yeah it's great if you live on a straight street and you want to get your kid to school real fast but <laughs> other than that it's a rather obnoxious. an oddly easy engine to tune because it was that 3.2 v6 that was in the tl and the nsx and there's a lot of room under that hood yeah so, so. Ja- you could fit a jackson racing supercharger relatively easy into the v6 out of a honda odyssey maybe we need a minivan it's just or a booger barge, as it's called. <laughs> so, yeah. I can hook you up. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's a different type of van, but, uh, you know, more of a prison van. But no. Should so. we reintroduce our guest? Well, you well, should. Again. You, you should, probably. Yeah. 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 So, I've known this guest the longest. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I ruined his motorcycle experience when I was born. <laughs> you ruined his motorcycle? Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. Okay. Uh, so, the guest today is uh, my brother, David Putnam, uh, retired WSP. Retired being the key word, no longer representative of this crappy state. 
As of today, right? As of today. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's got his little card and everything. Yeah. Yep. Part of the AARP. And, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Retired. That actually acronym still works. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Retired yeah. police. <laughs> nice. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank oh, you. Thank we, you. It's we've been here. excited about this for a long time. Like, yes. It's, it's, since we started the show, we were talking about, like, as soon as he retires, we're going to have him on. As soon as he retires. So. Yeah, yeah. we strategically waited for this. Um, so little do people know that if you are an officer, you are a representative. You can go on a show or whatever, but you are acting as a representative. So that means you have to be extremely filtered and tactful, and you can't say bad things about our terrible governor or this the way this crappy state is run. Or it's a even when you're not on force. even when you're not on duty. Yeah, even yeah. When you're not on duty, and so yeah. we can talk about all the fun things. But we'll talk about the fun stuff because there is a lot of fun stories that I have been able to listen to over the years. Um, we've worked together. We've driven cars together on motorcycles. I think I inspired Dan's car. <laughs> yes, obsession. absolutely. So I have him born into it. He's never done anything with it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I and I think we have him to thank for the fact that I got pulled over on my birthday two years ago <laughs> on, on five twenty two. So there's that. Uh, your idea. I think that, you know, I've never had an idea come back and bite me in the ass that hard. So yeah, that was that was good. Um, but uh, at least I got a good new trooper that didn't know the difference between a Cobra and a Subaru. So I was good. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Dan, go ahead. I'll let you start the questioning because I know you've been waiting. Oh man, we should start with some fun. <laughs> Where did stories. you grow up? Yeah. <laughs> well, so like I say, we yeah. started this story. Dan started around a, a motor. Um, I was promised a motorcycle. Instead, I got a little brother that was a surprise, and so the, the motorcycle was delayed. And then it turned out to be a more expensive hospital bill than mom and dad were anticipating. So I got the broke the news broken to me that. That meant I wasn't getting a motorcycle, but, you know, look at this little brother that I did not want. You know, it's like, no, I don't want it anymore. I want that <laughs> I motorcycle. This um, is way louder and more annoying. <laughs> yes. Um, and little did I know that was going to be my future was uh, an omen for my future is uh, children uh, messing up my car plans. Um, but we can get into that later. But, uh, um, yeah, he, uh, fortunately, though, my parents did did find a way to get me my Honda 50. Um, it was a couple months later, but so I, I was okay with the little brother at that point. You didn't but. try to sell him for the motorcycle? I mean, no. Like <laughs> Resale market on that. He was kind of, I mean, he was, was, was kind of cool. You know, he starts to move a little bit. Then then <laughs> I was big into models, and I loved Legos. So I would build cars. I don't Legos. understand people like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah those, those weird okay. guys. Yeah. Um, then I, I, I knew it was bad when I'd come home from school, and... I'd start to go to my room and he would run for my mom and like grab onto her leg. And I'm like, what did you do? Cause you know, he had played with my, you know, models, which meant the wheels were broken off. The Legos were now disassembled and I had to reassemble them. So I guess maybe my actually got into engineering. I was redoing uh, model cars to, uh, regluing, re, uh, reassembling Legos to, uh, sort of tr- attempt to survive a, a two year old that learned to climb um, after my dad made me shelves to get higher and higher, but he learned to climb higher and higher. So it's not a good picture he's painting of you, Dan. No, no. <laughs> it, it's worked out. You know, but he knows how to fix take, things now. He yeah, does. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. So I said yeah. I was waiting for the time he had a kid. You know, but I have brought my children over to. He just doesn't have any toys for them to really destroy. So, I don't. Um, at least, I guess you let them sit in the Porsche. Yeah, but they, they didn't do any damage. I think Andrew drove it. Did Andrew or Alex drove it? Andrew, I think, drove the Porsche. Which one? Wasn't your Porsche sitting in his driveway when your rotors came apart? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I blame my wife. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I drove that before that, so. That's fair. But, yeah, oh, that's yeah. fair. 
So he got his revenge long term. Yeah, that works. Yeah, <laughs> so, he's yeah. worked out. It's it's worked out over time. Although that Honda Fifty, I left for the military, and he decided he was going to rebuild it. Oh no! Um, well, actually, we should we should pause. That Honda Fifty got its revenge on him. Because I had built. Is this I why built, you have a new knee or whatever? Yeah. yeah okay. When I'm, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I jump, I built jumps and stuff for it. So I'm in. It's a week of high school graduation, and he's out in, in the rain jumping it. I think. Yeah, was, I'm just was, messing around. Like yeah. it's the fifty. I'm way too big for it at this point. So it's just something yeah, to play were, around with. I was with. seven years older, so I think I was seventeen, and you were it must have been ten. You go over a jump, break your leg, and is in a cast for, for my mom's at. I think mom was at the hospital with you, or is it graduating from high school? I think because you're ca- you were cast. I don't remember it exactly, but yeah. the Honda Fifty got his revenge on, on yes, Dan. Yes, it did. So wow, but yeah, not a good picture, Dan. Yeah, not in none of the cool bikes I had. It was the Honda Fifty that did in my leg. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't so. have been riding it. You're too big for it. <laughs> Probably. Is yeah. that why you went out and bought a monkey? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's some he, nostalgia there. Yeah, it, it, it looks remarkably similar. But yeah, then he, then he took the Honda Fifty apart to rebuild it and. It left in boxes. My dad finally cleaned out the garage. and I had a guy supposed to rebuild it. He got fired, and so it stayed in boxes, yeah. Oh, you so. had a guy. Yeah. Motorcycle dealership I see. at the time. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair so. enough. So so you guys okay, so you guys grew up up north. Arlington. Right? Arlington, okay. Yeah. And then you parted ways you, when you graduated from high school and went into the military. Right. And, and could not get farther away, away from Mr. Putnam. I mean, right. we all get that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fair. You know, and then so give us a little bit of your life path here. So, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> still I'm still speak. working on that. I just yeah, got, I'm on phase enough. two now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I joined the, uh, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I went off and visited colleges and it was, we had a dorm and all that looked, didn't look, didn't sound like fun. That was in Gulf War One. So we deployed troops and I signed up and joined the Air Force, headed off to basic training that, that winter 91. I was, uh, ended up in, uh, ended up after the war going to Saudi Arabia for just a, a temporary duty assignment and got to sign my name to a couple 2000 pound bombs attached to F117s but that was a that was about the most of fun That's I had cool. over there okay. uh, then I knew I never wanted to the Middle East was not a fun place to be and not a nice place at all um <laughs> the place I didn't want to visit again but uh, yeah I was in New Mexico then I ended up in uh, Korea for a year What were you doing for the Air Force? I was in so law I enforcement signing bonds. Oh was, sign- okay. I was it was like I was a MP basically for got it. in the after Korea came back, I was stationed in um, Sacramento at uh, a base that's now closed, and I met a, a buddy there who had a 914, and so that was a lot of fun. We, we autocrossed that car, so I, uh, when I got out, I came back up here, and I was driving by, and I, f- I saw a 914 at a dealership and bought it, and then spent about six months in my garage realizing that, oops, 914s have rust issues and other issues and things like that, so... It went down to the metal and uh, got sand bead blasted and rebuilt it all the way up. So that was I was in going to community college and Dan actually I think we're in eighth grade I think yeah seventh um, grade I think. seventh grade and he went to the I got him to go to the college with me and taking computer classes yeah and he was into computers it's and too so, bad that never paid off either I know yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's a dead he, end. He, yeah he and I went <laughs> to class at seven a.m. doing uh, doing our computer classes yeah, there at the basic college. Dosh, basic pro, basic programming and stuff like that. It was fun though. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we worked in the working on the 914 and that was a lot of fun. So you had come out of the military and then moved back up here? Yeah, I moved back up with my okay. parents and um, bunked back in again and the 914 in the garage uh, was the rebuild project. 
Yeah. But uh, then I uh, met a girl and ruined uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that didn't ruin everything. What <laughs> came after that? So, um, but uh, uh, no, they didn't. But uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Don't get us killed. She's not here. But yeah, yeah. No, she's not here. But no, she's. I heard she, she's a lovely woman, but you know. She is. Yeah. She is. She yeah. didn't ruin it all. But yeah. I, I joined the state, joined the patrol, and was stationed down in um, Raymond. South Bend area, so we patrol Pacific and Waikiki counties. I got I pulled over down there once. Uh, yeah, did you? Yeah, I let go. They knew David. Were you, were you like, <laughs> look at my last name? Look at look. No, at he that. recognized me. Oh, and that's th- not and good. He's like, he asked, he's like, he's like, your brother David, because he was looking at me, and I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah he came down in his nine four, his red nine forty four. He's probably about the only red Porsche in the entire county there. No, this is in my Z06. This is only oh, a few, this oh, is only like three oh, years I didn't hear ago. About this one. Yeah, so. I was just driving through. And I was actually, it changed from 65 to 55. And I just didn't notice it. Like, I wasn't actually, like, speeding, having a good time. I literally was just doing, like, 66. And I passed him going the other way. And he pulled me over. And I was like, I'm barely moving. What am I doing? I was like, great. No front plate. And he's really bored. <laughs> yeah, Cops do county. Yeah. It, is, yeah. it is pretty boring. So, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, ah, just slow it down. He's like, it's 55 right here. I was like, oh. I was like, I don't, totally didn't notice, honestly. He's like, you're good. Have a good one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you know you look like a guy? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Works yeah here? You, you tend to work there a lot. It's a great place to work. Not such a great place to live. A um, little, little bit out of the out of the way. So, yeah. We, we moved back up to Marysville, and I worked the East Beat Highway Two, Five Two Two, Highway Nine, up to Stevens Pass for three years. And I got the job. I got a job in January of two thousand three to be on the governor's security detail for Governor Locke, and uh, moved down to Olympia, and that's where I've been ever since. Yeah. So. But, uh, and you, you, like I said, you retired as of this morning. And what, were, what was your position as of retirement? I was a lieutenant in our field operations bureau, so our headquarters. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, got, I went from the governor. I was in the governor's detail for twelve years, through Locke, Gregoire, and Inslee, first couple of years, and then I went to our HR division and uh, was uh, did backgrounds, in charge of our background section, and then promoted to a lieutenant position and was went to uh, I managed the south region part of the south region for a few months before i moved back up to olympia into the headquarters position so wow but yeah thank so. you for your service i appreciate it and only in the army yeah. and in this i mean you know yeah, yeah. So. i don't usually like to get this close to police officers but you know whatever <laughs> so. not anymore you're good yeah you're exactly good. we're good yeah we're good yeah so turned it in now the ticket book turned or turned it in this afternoon so you're yeah. fine you're okay. good um, we're but good. i think yeah. i still got my login though i could you know too much yeah yeah so here comes that tint and plate ticket <laughs> All right, let's take our first break. We'll be right back with some fun stuff. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. That was here, fun. We, here we are. Yeah. So over the break, we were starting to, we, we kind of talked to the audience and trying to figure out some questions, you know, because we all have those questions. Like, I kid you not, there was the, the stigma growing up in Spokane. I knew a couple officers, and nobody ever told me it was true that you could go seven miles over the speed limit without being pulled over. That was where they would start to pull you over. Like, and it, it's stupid, but it's like, you know, it's just like when I got pulled over Moses Lake and the guy came up the window and looked at me and goes, do you know why I'm here? And I, it threw me off so much. I was like, <laughs> um... 
vacation. Uh, you like my beard? <laughs> exactly. But I'm. You were saying like I'm sure there are so many stupid things you've heard, mostly from drunk people on the side of the road. Yes, as drunk far people as- are universally impaired. Is the right word? So <laughs> intellectual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many of you had six? There's four on the floor. <laughs> One yeah. in your hand, yeah. Well, the question you always hate is, is you know, how much you had to drink tonight? It was always two beers. So it was always, you'd switch your language with a little bit of time. Of, besides the two beers, how much have you had to drink? So I, I remember one, one gentleman, um, really actually very nice, but um, he was a language barrier, and um, he's a Hispanic gentleman, and uh, he says, uno cerveza, and I'm like, I hold up my hands, you know, like this, like about 18 inches apart. And I said, uno cerveza. And he just grinned and laughed. But um, uh, he, he was, he was really compliant and nice. One nice swimming guy. pool. He, he knew he was wrong. He actually yeah. went in the next morning and, try, and tried to plead guilty and felt bad about it. And, um, but it was, you know, if, if I recall the judge saying, no, 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 you need to get a lawyer and, and, and everything, but, uh, good no, guy, I did but, it. Yeah. but yeah, he, he knew he did it. And so, I mean, that's, uh, you, you'd mentioned, you know, who's, I think one of the questions was, is what's the fastest you've ever let off. And I, I think it's the guy who I remember a couple, um, I used to work down in one on one one along the coast and, um, that's notoriously slow. If you're coming up from long beach, Stuck behind some RV going, you know, 20 miles an hour and the awesome curves that are, you know, they're the, it's a 50 mile an hour speed limit. And even at 50, you can really enjoy those curves. So I remember two motorcyclists that I, I don't recall, they weren't going really fast, but it was, it was pretty fast. And they, they pulled right over as cars going by, they're honking and yelling out the window. And so I said, Hey, it sounds, it looks like you guys passed a few folks on the way up here. And they <laughs> no. just kind of grinned. And I said, I said, well, we're going to sit here for like 10 minutes because you know, if I let you, I said, I appreciate you pulling right over clearly. I said, I'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't exceed the speed limit based on the RVs I seen by. So, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off with a warning and just, but you're going to have to sit here until all those cars pass by you. And I suggest you take Highway 4 out the long way instead of kind of, you're not going to, don't, don't try to pass them again going up 101. So they, they went the other way, but I let them off. And it's just, it's, it's the people who are, I mean, are honest. I mean, honestly, it's, you're, you're, our motto is, is to gain compliance, the least amount of enforcement necessary. Okay. And so, you know, if you, you stop somebody who's not a jerk and who's, you, you think is going to be compliant, then, you know, you're, you're ideally you use your discretion or we, we try to get, say everybody has their officer discretion to use the least amount of enforcement in their toolbox to hopefully gain compliance over the long term. And we have um, one of the tools I was responsible for is our, everybody writes you a ticket. It's all electronic. On a, and it uh, used to be, you, you know, press hard five copies. Um, now it's all <laughs> electronic and that electronic database then keeps a record. So now if somebody stops you, pulls out your driver's license and scans that driver's license, they're going to see that Nick got stopped you know, last week and Nick got stopped last year and Nick got stopped six months ago. Well, Nick might get a ticket this time, um, regardless of what Nick was doing, because Nick clearly isn't complying. (laughs) So, um, uh, but, and so that we try to, you know, you try to, we try to work on that uh, system on the backside of it so that you're not just, you don't want to stop the one, the person who made that one mistake or, but you do want to, you're trying to get compliance with somebody who's a habitual offender and not, not someone who just, you know, we, Got going a little too fast. The, the motorcycle story brings. I remember when I was a kid, I was younger. I was probably nineteen or twenty. We came over to Spok- from Spokane to Seattle for hot import nights, and there were about six cars, and we were speeding and doing stupid. And we get pulled over, and the cop was super nice. Like, 
and we were nice to him. He's like, he's like, I, you know, he pulled us all over and he's like, he's like, I think you guys have been speeding. We're like, well, I mean, we don't, we don't know. And, and like a parade of people going by honking and flipping us <laughs> off and calling us names. And he's like, it's like, you, you don't clue. think you pass anybody? And I was like, well, maybe a couple of people. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's funny. So if you pulled right over, you probably well, we did. Yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, so. you probably got off. Apparently, he'd been hearing about us for a while, so uh, it was just about yeah. finding us. Yeah, so. I'm thinking back. I actually never got pulled over directly on a motorcycle. I have been caught up with and talked to, but I have never been pulled <laughs> okay. over. Like I've been like, yeah, you passed me back there like 20 minutes ago. Oh. Really? <laughs> that wasn't me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. who? Yeah. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. Like, yeah. That's kind of funny. What's the, uh, you used to do investigation as well, and I think that's kind of an interesting topic to bring up, um, accident investigation. Yeah, so I've, no. we, we have a program where it's collision, it's technical collision reconstruction program, so you kind of dissect what happened in a crash yeah. and try to find, especially when you had a, um, we didn't be involved if it was ever a officer involved, collision, uh, fatal or serious injury, debilitating injury. I, I enjoyed the the math side of it and putting it all back together again and um, the dynamics of, of we, we'd study crush and how fast things were going based on how much crush was in the vehicle and things like that, skid marks on the road. So that was a lot, that was really interesting. I enjoyed that uh, immensely. Yeah, we had some, you get to see, get to see some pretty, pretty gruesome. We were actually was just talking to one of the guys I worked with and uh, one of the worst right out Highway 2 on Elderly Lady, which we'd don't really ever know why she crossed the center line, but she clipped a, a 24-year-old teacher and clipped the backside of her car, and that caused her car to rotate into the on into the car directly behind the lady in this Jeep Cherokee, and she got T-boned by the car behind her right at 55 miles an hour. And it ended up, it looked like an archway. It was resting, it rolled, and it was resting on its side, driver's side up, and just the big arch of the crush you could see and we're going around to this little Honda. And we're going around to look inside there. And I was standing on the on the road trying to reach inside to see if she, you know, I was, was there within a few minutes of it happening before anybody got there. And uh, I remember stepping in what I thought was transmission fluid. And she had been literally almost decapitated. It was blood. And I just remember thinking, that's that stand. I mean, that was just, that was the most, I mean, that was the most sad one of the one of the most sad. There was there was others, but um, just that was the most. That was the one you wanted to really figure out why, because then she continued on, hit another car head on, and killed that lady, and she died in that collision as well. And we so we don't know why she crossed the center line, but we spent you know you'd, you'd reconstruct that as to what happened, and you go back where was she at that day, her family, and you know interviewing what could have caused that collision, because ultimately you want to know. Um, we now incorporate this into a using Power BI, Microsoft Power BI database to try to figure out, you know, how to correlate these things. So then you, like your ticket, you know, where could possibly be a problem for that weekend? And, you know, what, what possibly could bring people yeah, yeah, that yeah. were showing off with their cars? Citizen so, input, you know, so, yeah. asking and for so an officer. We yeah. say, hey, yeah. I call up and say, hey, you might want to assign more officers in this particular area because <laughs> we have this thing coming up. Look, incorporate that tool. So, we, you know, we do this action. Why do people die? You know, what's causing this? I mean, we did, Harborview worked with us to learn about, uh, we got to do a study about, you know, child, child deaths and um, dynamics of collisions and things like that and, and car seat safety. And so it was an interesting, I, I love that, that research part of it. But yeah, we had a lot of, uh, that was, we were just talking about that yesterday with one of the, the detective who was the lead detective on that scene. But just how that was, that was a, it was right at, right at dusk. 
you never you don't forget those no um there's the other side of that too i'll lighten this back around because there's a fun story we were talking about before we started the show about an accident investigation you did about hitting a quote log oh yes <laughs> yeah my car car how do, how, do, how a car how a beaver totals your car um you, well you first you start out with a grand caravan or dodge caravan okay um and uh Just there were we, too many options there um, we, we looked yeah. we, we looked around the uh, we i worked down in um Pacific County, and it's right along, 101 runs right along the, uh, right along, uh, the Columbia River. And it was a really, it was this dark, stormy, the waves would break over the, the rocks there. And um, this got called to a collision scene, and the, this car had, uh, the rear spring shackle had gotten bent and had jammed the wheel up into the wheel well. It had done a 360 and crashed into these rocks. And the waves were crashing over this car, and these people were, I mean, it's dark horrible night so we got them out of there and i needed to find those log. I mean, they think they hit a log i said let's find the i'm gonna get the log out of the way so the next car doesn't hit it and i look back i'm walking back in there and i see this beaver it's huge beaver and the, if you're going to be on the columbia river you got to be a big animal to take that waves and <laughs> beaver is probably three or four feet long i remember grabbing it by the tail and trying to drag this thing off the road because it's you know sort of somebody else hits it but uh yeah that was huh. <laughs> that that Pacific County was great for we had I did a car bear which bears are really mad after they got hit um, so um, <laughs> doesn't necessarily kill yeah, them yeah. really mad yeah. I've yeah. almost hit one on one of our rallies yeah we had a car cougar uh, that fortunately the cougar was was killed and so it it didn't wasn't mad and looking you know oh not, uh, not an actual cougar yeah. not an older woman got it okay <laughs> yeah, yes yeah. yes <laughs> fair uh, but yeah you had you had also animals there, there's that's actually the largest concentration of black bears in the state is in the Long Beach Peninsula and they're very We'd call them pigs with fur because <laughs> they um, they became very domesticated because people would leave out their cat food and whatnot and people or their just, cats. Well, yeah. but actually, we only had one. We had one. This bear. We got a call to this house and the the bear is underneath the deck and the, the lady had cat food all over her deck. It's a single wide trailer, so you know it goes down from there. For there. I can but hear the banjos the, the, now. The, the yeah. little bear. This, this black bear. He's probably only hundred over 100 pounds he's under the deck he's got his head hidden dug like into the corner he's all he's crying he's got his paws over his head <laughs> and he's just this poor little bear i mean you know he just he just wants food and yeah. and he, so he goes and hides in the deck and so we just like we're trying to we're pepper spraying him we're trying to get him you want to get them you know i'm afraid of people afraid of people so they don't come back and you know hurt somebody or get killed and we, we went and trapped him with a they, we go to the bakery and get their stale donuts. But the donuts fill up this bear trap. That would with work donuts. for me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> right. the bear goes in there, grabs the donuts. We got eats. two off-duty officers it's and a bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, there's a donut conversion here. Yeah. So. This this bear was so tame. Um, my, my, we brought him down, my wife down there, because he goes, "Got to come see this bear." Because it would sit there and would pucker up its lips at the can at the edge and. The, the wildlife, we were, state troopers are ex-official wildlife officers, so we, we tend to That was going to be my question, calls. like, why yeah. are bears your problem? We, we only, we, wild, there's very few wildlife officers, and so um, they're dispatched through our dispatch, and so if we have a wildlife call, there's likely, we would back, I mean, one of the, I'll, I'll remind me of the story, but um, we, this bear, I bring my wife down there, and they're literally sticking marshmallows through the cage. <laughs> And he would pucker his lips and take the marshmallow and not even to his teeth. So somebody had been very – so we took that bear. That bear got a ride way out into the Cascade Mountains. 
and dropped off. And so hopefully he, hopefully he did better, in, you know, in the wild. I'm not sure if he adapted to the wildlife, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, it was he's not an aggressive bear. So he wanted to get, you know, to keep that bear, you know, safe. And so he went way out into the wilds of the well, Cascades. He had a two-day drive out in the mountains before he got dropped off. We are living in the state that has the infamous bear story about going through the cooler and only drinking Rainier beer. So, you know, so <laughs> well, there's, there's that. Bears are pretty, we, we had a, we, one of my other favorite calls. We had a, um, got a call of a bear in someone's house. And this, this older lady, this grandma had brought her child down to um, Ocean Park and to open their cabin, their beach cabin. And she had started a giant pot of beans on the stove. It's uh, like June or July. It's a warm day. And um, left the door open, the screen, just shut the screen door, and had gone off to town to get some more food. And so she comes back to town, arms loaded with groceries, opens the screen, opens the door, walks in, and there is a black bear on her counter eating the soup eating this what's going to be stew. So she drops the, drops the bag, screams, runs out, and shuts the door behind her. So we get the call. This bear, who's now oh. freaked out, yeah. is running around and around the house, destroying the house. And so we... we Somebody opened the door. Yeah, so we yeah. opened the door, yeah. and she's like, just shoot the bear. We're like, no, this is the bear's, this is the bear's habitat shut your door you can't leave your garbage can out so it was about educating people that we're not making bear stew yeah, here, we're ma'am. not making we're yeah. not going to hurt the, the bears is, you you live in the bears home you got to take you have to take precautions to take your and the bears were i mean they weren't aggressive and that one was not aggressive it ran off into the woods and we didn't get another call about it but um so <laughs> that's really funny but yeah we went to elk and uh a lot of animals there being card oriented that we are what's the fastest somebody's been Oh, yeah, that's a good because, one. Because, like, I mean, I know there's an infamous story of a guy that went across 520, and the only reason they figured out how fast he was going because they timed it. They didn't have somebody to catch up to him. It was an M6, wasn't it? It was an M6, and then there's these those three famous cars that got pulled over down in Tacoma a couple weeks ago. Like We were laughing. Oh, yeah. It's like, who won the race? The guy that was in fourth and didn't get caught. <laughs> you know, so, like, I mean. The fastest? Yeah. Um, we had a car once. I recall we were we were driving down. We had arrested. A, I'd booked a j- drunk in jail up in the north Pacific County, in the north end of the county. Was driving back to the south end of county, and I noticed a car just coming up really fast behind me on this long stretch. And I had another trooper in front of me, so I just I said just I sped up and I just this guy's coming. Just pull over and see, check his speed. I think he was like 127, okay. and he That's he was bad. drunk. So yeah. another drunk yeah. and <laughs> took him two back for to one. Jail. Yeah, okay. So, um, but he goes he, and he stops. He goes. I thought that might be you might be a police cop because when you sped up and you, you you started speeding up and I didn't that wasn't people don't normally do that <laughs> like well maybe you should have slowed down and not drink so but um, yeah he went he went back up to jail too I mean and how so, many of us have been driving and, and looking in our rearview and going are those Crown Vic lights behind me are those Explorer oh, lights yeah yeah I used to have that down to an art now it's all Explorers and so I just look for the tailpipes but now the new ones don't have that. <laughs> Yeah, but if you can see tailpipes, they're already behind you or behind. Well, no, when you're coming up on one, yeah, you know, just out of curiosity, you everybody does that. Yeah. Uh, you just like is that maybe? I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't speed in town anyway. Used to be easy when they would just say XMT on the plates, but then they got all like crafty and they <laughs> <laughs> start to WSP. Yeah, that's funny. Let's just talk about the cars you've driven because you've had some interesting ones, and one of my one of the ones that made me laugh the most was probably the Civic. <laughs> oh yeah, when I was well, we, so when we were in executive protection. Um, the, we had cars assigned to the principals and then we had, we we were looking for little cars that were fuel efficient plus, you know, kind of 
So this is protection. Undercover. Okay. And yeah. um, so what happened to be on bid was Honda Civic hybrids. And so there were like oh. three left. It was the end of the year. You know, there's a little, the way the state works, I mean, you got to spend the money by June 30th. So it's like, well, let's get the Honda Civics. And it worked, and it, it, they were, I mean, you could park them anywhere. Um, they were, I mean, typically only one or two people in the car with us. And so as you're, you as you work a, I mean, one person goes ahead to make sure the, everything's secure as to where you're going. And so that advanced car, we had those little Honda Civics. So I had a Honda Civic for, that's two. I had one I kept in, in HR too. I had, I had, because I was a background investigator, back, led the background unit. And so I wasn't uh, stopping cars. So I did stop a car in the Honda Civic, but that guy, he didn't, wasn't sure. It was, uh, <laughs> um, he wasn't real sure about that. It took a while for him to stop, but uh, um, it, uh, yeah, that was, a, it was actually for, for, for its purpose. It was a great, uh, a great little car. So another myth that when when people are are pulled over and and cars are confiscated, does the Washington State Patrol use those cars? Uh, sometimes. sometimes. So if it's like a drug, if you have a civil for, civil asset forfeiture, so if the the car was used in basically for the gain of drugs, yeah, um, or some other illicit activity, it can be typically no though because. Contrary to popular belief, drug dealers don't really put a lot of time or money into their cars. So they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty, I mean, you're just going to end up with more problems than it's worth. So a lot yeah. of those cars. Here's sit. my meth car. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, tip, they will go to an auction, but civil asset forfeiture is not actually something that's done a lot. So I, Dan knows this story. When I, when I was in Spokane, I was working at a place, we were tinting cars and a woman came in and she had bought a, a Mustang from the Washington state patrol, not Washington, or Spokane Police Department from the auction and we were putting a sound system in it and we popped open the side panel and they, there was some uh, contraband that they had missed somehow oh. and so like <laughs> that was a fun call like no 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 it's not our drugs <laughs> no it's not her drugs either um, <laughs> well you need to come get them <laughs> yeah, we don't want these we don't want these I mean I'm sure street value we could probably buy a few more cars but yeah so yeah, yeah. well that that goes to like the recent Supreme Court decision of the possession um, knowing possession which is kind of I mean like it's it's not my pants. I remember I stopped. I arrested a guy. <laughs> Somebody sh- my pants. I arrested. <laughs> yeah, it's a horrible story. Yeah, yeah. I, I arrested a guy, and he's in. Um, he, he just a normal stop, and he had a warrant for his arrest. So that he got out and cuffed, and so you, you search them before you put in your car. And he had these big like muck boots on, and so we like you know, not knowing what's down there, we took the took the boot off, and off out falls a rock of crack. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, oh, that's not my boots. And I'm like. <laughs> It's like a quarter inch rock and it's jagged. You can't tell me that you didn't feel that in your foot. Yeah. And so, and sure, it's not your boots. So we do some more and out, you, you want to, you don't stick your hand in some place you can't see. So you pull the pocket out and out falls another rock of crack. And I'm like, pants. That's, these aren't my pants. And I'm like, I said, okay, before we go any farther, which clothes are you wearing that aren't yours? And, you know, where, why are you not wearing your clothes? Think about I mean, where all these rocks that you don't own are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, sure, they're not your pants. They're yeah. not your boots. Um, but, that, I mean, that, the Supreme Court logic, I would strongly disagree with. Uh, you, if you believe that, um, you know, I've got a bridge to sell you. So, and, you ah. know, it's a motion from property, you know. Arizona, yeah. Near, yeah. near, the, uh, near the Mexican border. So, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, uh, it, it, anyway. We have a lot of stupid criminals. That's why the the criminals, right? And and, and, and we, you know, it's, I don't think the court's opinion seemed to deal with. You're not dealing with the rocket scientist here who didn't know 
that uh, that was there. I mean, this is it's a pretty in, in the reality of life. It's pretty clear cut. You know. You mean I was cleaning the bathroom. A meth lab just happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that happens, yeah, yeah. yeah. Four pounds of amphetamine pills. Yeah, they didn't know they were here. You know, only so. four. I mean, what four? Huh? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a it's a little frustrating there. But. I remember when I was driving up uh, from Oregon, I had picked up my black Z06, and I had passed. Uh, I was just going up there, and I see this car pulled over on the road with bullet holes in the side of it. And like 10 cops. And those bullet holes didn't look fresh. They looked like they had been there before. But they were pulling out cubes of things from the back of the car and putting them on the roof. <laughs> I was like, that guy's going to have a bad day when he gets out of jail. If, <laughs> if he yeah. gets out of jail. So that was an expensive bust for whoever that was. But then again, you don't really go to jail that long for crimes these days. So it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, if you don't call them crimes, they're no longer. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's you get yeah. crime to fall in Seattle. You just don't uh, arrest people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the Fair. police officer's fault. That you know, Otherwise, he would not have been carrying that. If the police officer hadn't caught him, he wouldn't have you know, yeah. been doing yeah. anything wrong. So. I wasn't trans- Transporting drugs. I was just carrying them. Yeah. So he wasn't yeah. transporting yeah. them until he was caught. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Summer of love, people. Summer of love. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, stupid laws, um, you actually, I remember very specifically, I'm very proud of this, is that you worked to change a law. And we're going to go into, I want to move it up a little bit into the family life. Okay. Well, we'll go back to the 914. Yeah. Let's go back uh, to the 914. Let's go back to the 914. Because yeah. um, that's, so my, my wife, we got married um, right after I graduated the academy. And there's nothing to do in Raymond. So we had a, my son was born about, <laughs> um, about 14 months later. And um, okay. so uh, we, anyway, we had two kids and my two sons, Alex and Andrew. And uh, my, my, my kids loved the 914. And it was, you know, going somewhere with dad. But once you have two, when you only got two seats, it's really hard to, you know, you can't really figure it well, maybe I could put a third seat belt in that middle hump there, that little <laughs> little soft armrest, but that didn't work out. Um, so um, the 914 had to go away, and I put, put that money into my Porsche fund after I sold the 914, which I should have kept that, I think the, uh, the 914 market has appreciated far faster than that money ever would have. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was probably, I think my son, my youngest was two. When I finally decided that I wasn't going to get a, uh, wasn't going to be able to keep the Porsche. But um, shortly after that, we moved um, down to Olympia. And about that time, my wife decided that, you know, she really needed a little girl and really needed another one. It had been about three years. My youngest was almost three years old. And um, she really needed a little girl because they were really cute. And um, (laughs) uh, so my, my mom had been a social worker that by her whole for her since the sixties and yeah. um Amy's grandparents had been um foster parents and so I, I decided that was a great way that she could get her baby fix. I could keep building my Porsche fund and I didn't have any more expenses. Uh or did more, that not work out? Yeah, that did not work out. But yeah, so we got <laughs> this story escalates quickly. It does. It <laughs> does. Um we uh we got a little girl um in two thousand six and um she did not like me at all. She was about she was twenty months old. And um, she was pretty bonded to her father, which so, you know, she had had a, he was a meth cook, but he knew what to do. He knew, he just knew he couldn't be that, but she had a very dysfunctional, the mom was, did not function in the way that a mom should for her. And so she loved my wife, but about day four, I think it was three or four, I went in to get her out of her crib and she, from her nap. 
And she lifted her arms up to me and says, you know, you know, daddy. And my plan for my Porsche fund went wonderfully wrong from there. <laughs> um, and so here I am, 37 kids later. Uh, we've adopted six uh, that we kept, that we got to keep. Five of them are all siblings and are partial siblings. Youngest five. Yeah. Youngest, my youngest five are all, all half siblings. And yeah, the Porsche fund is is long gone. It turned <laughs> it turned into a full size van and a minivan, um, so not not Porsche um, at all. But uh, it's been it's been good. I wouldn't change that for anything. So yeah. But uh, you got you guys fostered thirty seven children. Thirty seven, yeah. And you kept six of them that are all and they're all related. Five five, five youngest sorry, five related. Five, yeah. five youngest youngest five That's are related. Such a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're all we we got my son. Um, we had the first year, uh, we kind of, we got a little boy who was uh, methamphetamine affected. And a methamphetamine child is a stimulant. So if you think back to the 90s and the fin-fin craze, you know, you took a stimulant because it's appetite suppressant. So when you're in utero and you're, you know, the mother takes the stimulant, that the baby, it that appetite it just, it dulls it. So when a baby comes, when a baby's born, um, they typically, they're very quiet. They don't cry. They, they don't have any, they don't try to suck. They don't have a suck reflex. Um, and a lot of them have a lot of digestive issues on top of that. And so if they go home, they tend to, you know, child, you know, six pounds, if you don't get any fluid or you don't get any weight you don't get any nutrition quickly because the baby's not crying, the mom's, are typically then a methamphetamine cycle. You get really high, you're super hyper, you're highly fun, you're very hyper, then you crash and you're asleep for, you know, 10, 12 hours. They can go into just a coma and that baby then, you know, baby needs food every three or so. And so they don't get any, they don't get fed and they may not even want to get fed. And so they, their core body temperature goes down. They lose tons of weight very rapidly. Um, they, if they don't die, they end up in, you know, they'll end up in the ER um, and so we would get these babies, um, and get them through my wife kind of trial by fire, learned how to, you know, how to swaddle them, how to, how to, how to get them to eat and to feed them. And so we had had, we had 13 newborns in 14 months because a lot of times, or it wasn't that many, it was, it was a lot. And we had a newborn, sometimes we had two, um, and, um, they were all, all drug affected, um, in addition you know, the, the chemicals they use to make methamphetamine are very caustic. And so as they would discharge this poison from their bodies, that would literally eat their skin away. And so they'd be bleeding. Um, they would just, they would bleed. And so you had to keep them, you know, clean and dry and, you know, had to keep them uncovered um, because otherwise the, the anything touching their skin would burn their skin. And it was, it was a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work, but uh, we got very good at it. And um, so we got a little boy, we got called on a little boy who um, was severely drug affected. And he had, um, he had methamphetamine and heroin and heroin does the heroin is, is um, the opioids, uh, the withdrawals or the tremor and shakes. So if you, when you think of drug withdrawals and you see something in the movies or the street, um, it's that tremor and that shaking and the sweating and all that stuff. And so now picture that on a five pound baby. Um, and so they go to a place, a great place. Um, it's available here called pediatric interim care center in Kent. And they just, they, they get, they're, they're given oral morphine to keep their tremors at bay. They give them just enough to keep the tremor at bay. And then they slowly reduce that morphine level over weeks 
until they're withdrawn. And um, this this little boy was there, and he was probably one of the most severe drug-affected children. And so we were like, we should get him, because we were, at that point, really the experts. And so that little boy turned 13 just uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, he's an awesome kid, and a uh, great kid. He just, just, we were just on a video chat, and he fixed the toilet because uh, the flapper broke. So um, he's, you know, being the dad of the house while I'm, well, before I get home. Anyway, we kept, we got a call then 14 months later, right? Yep. Matthew's mom had a baby. It's a girl, you know. So we went to the hospital and picked up another one and got a call. <laughs> we were, we, Amy had just had surgery, and uh, so she, we had not um, done Christmas shopping or way behind. It was a boy, and uh, I remember calling her, and she's like, oh, no, crap. <laughs> she's like, we got it. So we get ready. How am I going to do Christmas? And we ended up in the hospital, and they, they finally let us go um, the day before Christmas, got to bring him home. And then we... Uh, um, Got another Addie, my my daughter who's uh, eight, and then another one who my son Luke who's six, and it was just, you know, out of the blue surprise babies. Um, it's a boy, yeah. it's a girl, and go pick them up at the hospital and get them through whatever withdrawals they had. But I mean, we, in the meantime, we had many others. We had them from, we had one that was kidnapped by its non-custodial parent and out of Louisiana, so we had her for or Kim for like three or four days till the dad got up there and picked him up and a little girl the, the, the only good one was uh <laughs> the only good one was a little girl we got called about 10 o'clock at night um the lacy pd and uh we, we found this little girl on the street can't find her mom can't no, no no reported missing children so we took her home and she was pretty happy and and <laughs> got her to bed you know and everything and uh Next morning, got a call, and it turned out grandma had been babysitting, <laughs> and um, this 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 mom lived with her brother, and who was upstairs playing video games, and grandma had been babysitting. Little girl fell asleep on the couch. She was two, and um, uh, grandma decided to go to the grocery store, told the and uh, then went to the casino, and so <laughs> uh, the the mom worked, and so she came home at uh, it was about new, midnight. And uh, she worked a swing shift job. And where's the baby? Goes upstairs to the st- her her brother, and he's like with grandma. It's like well, they're not down there. And so called mom, and mom's at the slot machine at Redwind Casino, <laughs> and um, says, "Well, she's asleep on the couch." And so anyway, the you know the same police officer responded, so no, she's fine. And and uh, but you know it's good because like if you take if you have kids and your kids go out to play somewhere, they don't want to leave. They want to have fun. And so the next morning we said, "Hey." you know, we found your mom, we're gonna take you home. And she's like, no. And my daughter and she, and, and they were, yeah. they were like, they were giant playing, playroom. They, they, that they you were had, playing, yeah. they were playing princesses and all dressed up. And she was it's like, <laughs> you finally, you knew that was a functioning, you know, someone just, that was a good home that accident. she needed to go yeah. back to. Yeah. It was just an accident. And, um, Thank God, I, yeah. grandma, grandma was barred from babysitting, I think. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, she, but, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was about the only good one. The rest, I mean, drugs are bad guys. I mean, we all know that, <laughs> okay. but, but drugs are, drugs destroy lives and drugs, drugs leave, leave a lot of destruction in their wake. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to talk to you about the, uh, specifically the law you changed as a re- result of that, uh, sort of that battle. There was a little girl called Sarita. There's two laws I worked on and Sarita was, uh, uh she was taken away, placed from her mom. And I think she was about a little less than two and put in a foster home. She was thriving, doing well. And about six years of age, the state moved to terminate her parental rights, the, the mom's parental rights. And at that point, the mom then finally identified the father who had been absent, or I think, I don't, I don't I mean, no, they knew who the father was, but he had been absent this entire time and not engaging. 
And when he learned his rights were going to be terminated, he decided, well, I want this child. I, I don't want, and I mean, that's, that's a big thing. I mean, the state's telling you, you're a bad parent. You're, we're going to take away your right to this oh, but child. But now I want it. Yeah. But now I want this. So she had been with this foster dad for four years and was well bonded and was doing, she had been through a lot of trauma, a lot of physical trauma beforehand. And um, so she had a lot of, she had some behaviors that were challenging. And I mean, you know, you, you hurt a baby for a year, year and a half, almost two years old. That, that does a lot of, uh, it breaks there's so much brain development that happens for in utero, and then those first, as they bond or don't bond, um, as they're newborns, she had some behaviors that were challenging, but they were working through it. And so um, there wasn't anything wrong with that father family placement, per se, but, I mean, she, there wasn't, you know, you, you don't care about your kid for basically six years, then all of a sudden you want your child. So they sent her back to live with him and his, her now stepmom. And her stepmom murdered her, beat her to death. I don't recall how many months later. But um, so I met him when he was lobbying because, I mean, at the time, uh, foster parents had no right to speak in court. Oh, the had, foster the, parent was the, lobbying. The, the okay. foster parent was lobbying. And, you know, had no right to speak in court and couldn't, none of that evidence could be considered. Basically, it was, is this a fit parent? Is it not a fit parent? You couldn't look at the whole picture and say, I mean, every situation's unique. You can't, I mean, there's not a cut and dry, it's a life. You can't, it's not a, it's not a car. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not something mechanical. And uh, so that law, Sarita's law was passed in 07, 08, I think it was. Um, but, but that kind of, I mean, and then when, so when we, uh, my son, Matthew, he was adopted, my 13 year old. Uh, we adopted him. He was only five months old, the youngest ever adopted child in the state of Washington. It usually takes, can take years to go through an adoption. But uh, then his sister was born. We got his sister, and the, his dad was, her, her father, her mother was not the same mom, was not engaged, not at all in the picture, and didn't, didn't want placement. And, uh, but the dad's family did. And we said, well, you know, we're family too. We have her brother. And the law, though, does not look at once you adopt a child, that child, the birth certificate changes, and it looks it looks legally like it's your child, like it was born to you. And so legally, they weren't related anymore. So legally, her biological brother had no standing in court. And so we had to work. I worked through a bill that would, you know, give him some stand, give your their biological some biological standing. And, and, and Senator, I mean, it. The legislators, it was like, well, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, of course they're related. They're, they're from the same mom. And we said, well, legally they're not related. And so the court can't consider that this other family placement, I mean, because children have, I mean, Dan and I will be siblings long after our parents are, are gone. I mean, you know, and so that relationship, that sibling relationship endures is the longest lasting relationship that you typically have in your, in your lifetime. And so, I mean, it was a logical argument, but it... It's amazing the amount of steps you have to go through and, you know, people you've got to talk to and convince that this is actually um, something that makes sense. And, but it, it was, a, it was a, a neat process to go through, and, and it certainly served us as when we had th- uh, three more come right after that. So Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> which would have been a lot harder with those last three probably to go through this time it, and time again. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it, it was... Say each situation's unique um, as far as the parental involvement goes and whether they even want placement. But that's a sad, 
Yeah, it's not a whole other topic. Whole other <laughs> topic. Look at the, yeah. the happy side of all the children you've saved. So yeah. Well, I mean, they, it's they're not. I don't really feel like it's saved. Is it? I mean, you give them a chance, but it's up to them to make. You know, we tell my. You know, it's up to him to make the right choices with the the hand he's been dealt. And one of the Barb Dremen, the director of Pick, you know, she put it as is you're the on the nature versus nurture. You know, nature is the hand you're dealt, and and nurture is you teaching that child how to play that hand. I mean, because sometimes there's unique there's unique things about all of us. I mean, as, even as Dan and I's DNA profile is very similar, but, you know, we have unique strengths and weaknesses that are different from each other. And, you know, I think we were parented, you know, that was part of the, <laughs> like, hey, I parented you, Dave, this way, and Dan, that's not working. And um, I think my that mom, a lot. I think my mom would share the frustration with the little the, one's broken. The little one's broken, yeah. But I mean, you know, we have different, uh, we have different strengths and weaknesses, and so you have to. That's actually that's one of the neatest things about adoption is, is you know, your own child. You feel like you know they got some of the same hangups you do, and you're like, oh, if I could only get, you know figure that out for myself, um, I teach my kid how to get over that hangup. But you know <laughs> when you're when they're they're not biologically yours, they do, they are different, and so some of the struggles that they might be going through, you're like, oh, it's no big deal. I can do that. I can tell you. I can show you how. To, I, can, I can. You can work through this, and and because uh, you you've you've been able to figure that out for yourself, but yet your own child, I mean, I have this with, you know, my biological kids that are a lot like, ah, don't you hate it when I do that? Cause don't do that anymore. <laughs> but, um, my other, I mean, Matthew doesn't have some of those similar, it, it's kind of, it's, it's really neat. I mean, I, I highly recommend adoption. Um, it, 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 uh, it's been an awesome, it's been an awesome journey. So yeah, but. all right, let's take our next break and we'll be right back. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. Okay, so um, over the break, we were talking about, well, everybody's kind of grilling you, but, and I think this is a good topic because it's something I notice outside of Ellensburg because I think that's where a lot of the emphasis is, is the air patrols, basically. And from the common citizen, it's, it's there's, there's marks on the road and the airplane is measuring the time it takes you to go to from mark to mark, correct? Uh, we used to be able to do that. So now we have a new tool. Um, it's basically the same thing you'd find on the front of a military helicopter laser de- laser de- designator and Less missiles and uh, yeah no no no, no, no armament yeah. but yeah no no <laughs> missiles but no that that allows the um, night or day even in inclement weather to track multiple targets and multiple cars and so they'll track the cars and see the speed and so like a trooper will they'll stage bring together an emphasis so four or five troopers will stage them up on an overpass somewhere off to the side and you're going down the freeway and you don't need marks. We used to used to use a stopwatch and time between markings. And so those were, those courses were, were known. So yeah. I knew, and, and so now <laughs> we can do it anywhere. So this is uh, one of the tactics used for the street racing recently here is well, the aircraft will be up and spot them and then direct the officers to where the, uh, where the cars go. So you really can't get away. You can't run. And, um, and you can, it's and they can see the car clearly color all that. Oh yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Just okay. I mean, like you saw the video from, I mean, the, the wars we've been involved in, it's the same, it's the exact same technology. So just as you saw, you know, a, a, minus a, the a, missiles, yeah, minus the missiles yeah. and it's that same technology. And so we can get up to, 
believe it, I believe it's 16 targets. I mean, I'm not positive, but in 16 different cars and uh, targets, I probably shouldn't use that word, um, but I can say no missiles. Entrapment. Uh, I knew it. It's entrapment. But it's, it's, it's all on video. Yeah. Um, it's video recorded. You got audio video. So, I mean, if you really, I mean. That wasn't it, me in my pants. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we, we'll walk them right in and you watch the trooper, you know, they'll direct the trooper in to stop that car. And then the next one, the next trooper will stop the next one, the next one, and the next one, as many cars as we have troopers available to stop those cars. And then you that we can we link the link the video from the from the from the airplane with you know the trooper has a video in the car and so it all it merges together so yes that car that we saw going x miles an hour is now the car that we saw you, you brought up earlier highest speed that was um uh we had covid speeds where uh, oh we yeah had, we had a lot of uh covid high speed we we are our speed pattern typically are it's friday afternoons rush hour which is not necessarily speed-related collisions. Those are speed differential collisions. I mean, i.e. someone's going zero and someone's going 40 and they don't stop in time versus it moved to Saturday mornings. Mm. And so uh, we had when we had a, a motorcycle, we clocked 135, I think, on I-90 coming across, or 520, it was 520. We didn't never engage in a pursuit or anything. It was just the trooper stood on the side of the road and went by him, I think, at 135 and hit over 150 and just on the on the curve coming up they did not fail to negotiate the curve we found the bike on the shoulder and the body way off into the brush um, oh. because they just had I and mean, the speed was so fast and i don't know if the skill level i don't i'd never heard so he went by the trooper probably freaked and thought i'm gonna run for well it. no they this car this motorbike had been going just they've been going all out for okay. uh, it was not the speed was unchanged after the after going by the officer but mm-hmm. the motor the aircraft had it the whole time and, and that was we motorcycle pursuits are very dangerous because to the motorcyclists especially but so that's why the aircraft i mean we, we the aircraft is up regularly and so we just follow the motorcyclist home it's great you watch the video you just follow the motorcyclist he's driving home parks it in the garage and I'll pulls the patrol car behind him, you know, <laughs> and uh, you got it's infrared camera. I so, wasn't on the bike; I was watching yeah, the Teletubbies. Yeah, so <laughs> we can we can we can we can track him right down to wherever you know he's sitting on the front porch. What what do you mean, me? You know, and uh, and so it's like, well, would you like to watch the video? So, um, but yeah, we, we rarely we yes, <laughs> yeah. So um, and post it to YouTube. Yeah, I'm uh, not saying I'm guilty. Can I get a copy of this? We we, we, we have a um, we have a forum which we kind of review our strategic plan. Uh, but quarterly, and so the aviation unit brings and shows those videos on a quarterly basis, the, the good ones, and the, the somewhat entertaining ones like that, and it, it's a great tool. So that's um, going to be the next thing built into radar detectors is airplane scanners. Well, it's it's, it's light. It's just infrared. It's camera. So, no, I'm yeah. just saying, just, just scanning the airways, listening <laughs> for radio. Actual active radar. Yeah. Radar. <laughs> radar, radar. Yeah, like, I think yeah. the plane's in the area. We should slow down. Yeah. So yeah. it's a great tool. It keeps. I mean, you know, less you don't get involved in pursuits, and uh, you get the you get the ones that are viola- You know, definitely violating the law um, and being a hazard, and yeah. not just yeah those people. <laughs> Those those nicks. No, I was just talking about people that you know maybe speed through Oregon or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's a that's a great segue topic, actually. Not speeding in Oregon, which we highly don't recommend. Yeah, don't ever speed in Oregon. By the way, yeah, especially not around uh, out of the city. Um, turns out, I blame the car behind him. I do too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So say uh, as many of our listeners do, and not that we ever have, if they are allegedly pulled over for allegedly going far greater than the speed limit let's say they're doing i don't know 155 somewhere <laughs> that would be weird hypothetically <laughs> hypothetically what is the uh, what's your best course of action as the driver 
be polite, be honest. I mean, you, you're uh, you're going to get a ticket. I mean, so <laughs> I mean, most likely, I mean, there's, there's rare exception to that. But I mean, you know, I mean, just golden rule: do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If that was your job, if your job was to enforce the law, and you have, you know, the shoe was on the other foot. What would you like to? I mean, you know, I didn't know how fast I was going. I was reaching in the back for a beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, yeah. You know, have yeah. your interior light on if it's dark out. Yeah. Be polite. I mean, don't be a jerk. I mean, it's okay. You know, it's that's it's a really a good question. Okay, so I mean, I, I've always been taught like you wait till the officer comes up to the car before you reach in the glove compartment, anything like that. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the one time I've actually been pulled over with the, with my concealed weapon permit, I. I I immediately said it, you know, because, you know, I think that you're supposed to, you're required to, but if I get pulled over, should I have all my information ready or is that going to cause, you know, undue? It it can. I mean, it's going to depend on, I mean, is it, do you have a, you know, look at some of the cars that barely can see in the back window or are you, are you in a, I mean, like a Prius, you can't see in the back window. But I'm, not, in well, not, I'm in a well, I'm in a well tinted Subaru speeding, with maybe plates enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. That then that looks like we call it furtive movement. It's that, is that yeah. suspicious movement? Because I mean, like my one of my classmates, um, Tony Radulescu, um, was shot and killed in 2012. He's pulling up to a lifted up truck and um, stopped it for speeding out on um, uh, Highway 16 and walked up to the truck on the passenger side and the girlfriend was kind of in cahoots with it and she kind of engaged him. The driver pulled a weapon out from between the seat and shot him right in the face, shot him right, right in the cheek, killed him right there. And you know, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the worst case scenario. I mean, that's what a, that's what a police officer walking up to the car is prepared. I mean, we say is treat everyone like your grandma, but have a plan to kill them. And not because, I mean, it's, you have to, that's, that's the, self-preservation i mean i a wife and six, eight kids i um you know it's important for me to go home um and most people 99.99 percent of people are, are not that and are not that bad person um but you never know when you're gonna meet them i mean that was just you know a traffic stop he was running it was, wasn't i don't think the guy would have gotten a ticket he's high on methamphetamine he's got methamphetamine likely in the car he's a bad person you kind of put yourself in that shoe. What would you do? What would you want to do? And, and that's where it's, you know, you turn on your lights. You, I mean, is this going to, could this look bad? I mean, that, that's like, you, you tell them you have a weapon. I mean, I always, you know, the weapon you, the weapon you know about is not the one you got to worry about. That was always someone who walks up to me and says, I got a concealed weapons permit. It's right here. I mean, I was like, you know, if the fact you told me about it, it likely means that you're not going to use it. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. You know, just, just, yeah. you know, just leave it there and, you know, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a, polite, you know, easy conversation. And that's the end of that. Yeah. And concealed weapons permit. I've never had an issue with a concealed weapon. I've never even heard most concealed weapons permit holders are, are great people. But I mean, you, they're, my they're point is you're required people. to say it. Like right. That's, that's and, a big, and, yeah. and so, I mean, they're honest and obviously being honest and being forthright. So that, that gives you a sense of calm as a police officer or it really alleviates you. You go into it with a, you know, you're, you know, you're at a 10 heightened sense of awareness. And then you, you know, you kind of, as you learn more information, you, you step that backwards. So, I mean, if you're, um, I guess, put yourself in their, your, their shoes, I mean, what would you, if it's dark out, turn on your light? I mean, those kind of things, those indicators. Are you, are you giving off positive indicators that you're a responsible adult that, you know, maybe violated a, an infraction, it's in a civil infraction, or are you... Do you have, you know, Bad you have crack in your shoes, you know, <laughs> that you borrowed from your, Again, from those your aren't, roommate. Those aren't my shoes. Yeah, yeah. The, or the pants that aren't yours that are got, you know, that got crack in them. Happens so. to me all the time. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. But. That's funny. Happens <laughs> to you all the time. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, yeah, that's, that's literally. Who hasn't I mean, been out in somebody else's boots and somebody else's pants? I mean, you know. Yeah. So. 
it's it's almost it's almost like the two beers thing we talked about before. Those aren't my pants. I mean, it's like, well, who's pants? I mean, every, every <laughs> everybody I found drugs on it alleges that's not their pants, that's not their car, it's it's their friend's car, it's their friend's drugs. It's I mean, everybody denies it. Nobody's oh, that's mine. I grew up with a guy, went to high school with him. He actually had a not my pants story. He was. Uh, having a nice name with a lady and her husband came home and he jumped up and put on a pair of pants and ran out of the house <laughs> that were not his pants. Uh, so yeah, that was interesting. But yeah. That's a bad story either way. Yeah, really it is. Yeah. Here's your pants. How do you have my pants? I want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you think about uh, the numbers of recruitment being down crazy down lately? It seems to be like they're falling through the Why floor. Why don't people want to be police officers so right strange. now? It's strange. I don't that's, that's really yeah. no, let's We had a Seattle. summer of love and some some good times. Uh, it's and it's it's uh, like one of the bills right now out would make it a you would be personally civilly liable for any force used. So if, if Dan and his job something breaks, now he's civilly you can sue him civilly for breaking that. But the the way it was originally written, he was not entitled to attorney's fees, but you were entitled to attorney's fees if you won. So basically, if you pull somebody <laughs> over. And, 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 and arrest them even though they're a bad guy and they're injured, they could sue you? They could sue you personally. Like, like my handcuffs are too tight. And so, I mean, we, we investigate every use of force. There aren't very many. And that's, that's kind of the misconception is there's, we have thousands of arrests every year, thousands of, you know, hundreds of thousands of interactions. And uses of forces are in the hundreds. I mean, any, any force at all. I mean, just handcuffing. Uh, or well, not half companies, not use of force, but even a complaint of a use of force. So they're, they're very, very low. And um, so you get, you know, this, the legislature, this one that sponsored this bill, you know, it's, this is the blowback you get because it's politically popular. And that, that doesn't, I mean, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be a fool to work in those conditions. I mean, it would be, it would be financially foolish to do that, to do, still continue the job. But that bill got amended slightly. It's still bad, very bad bill, but it's still alive going through the legislature. I mean, you look at, I mean, this, the drug bill with the possession law, there was a, a bill drafted um, today, yesterday, I believe, to amend the statute to say, add the word knowingly. And I don't know if that bill's gained traction or not, but um, that would fix that Supreme Court ruling. Um, so you'd have to prove knowingly, which is another problem. I mean, I could prove that, you know, you should have known that that rock that you were stepping on was drugs. I'm in the boot, but you know I don't know what you know. Like you, only you know what you know. So and I a, don't want to tell you the truth. So right, yeah. and, and 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 it's not a. Uh, I mean, are there bad people and bad cops? Are there jerks? Yes, but police officers hate bad cops more than anybody. And I mean that that's the. I mean, if we have people that are, we, we, we will try our best to root them out and get them fired because that's not, that reflects badly on all of us. And there's not very, there's not many. There's not, I mean, I can't. Dan, you were telling me about the fact that a lot, and back in the day, like if you were fired from one police department, you could move across the country, go there, and there, there not, wasn't a lot of communication between the, to know that you were a bad cop kind there's, of thing. There's a national database. That now, was, yeah. No. There's, there's a national yeah. database. Every law enforcement officer in Washington State and most states are certified through a central body. We, for us, it's the Criminal Justice Training Institute, and they certify all police officers. If you commit a violation or even like lying, I mean, we had, you know, we had a, Another classmate of mine lied about the fact that he had in a relationship with a subordinate that was inappropriate. That that got him terminated and revoked his peace officer certification for life. 
And so he can't work anywhere in the country. And that's just, I mean, that was, a, it was nothing inappropriate other than he was a superior and it was an in, it was an improper was relationship. Yeah. And he, and yeah. he li- but the big thing is he lied about it. Yeah. I mean, it would otherwise, I mean, he would have gotten, it was inappropriate relationship would have got him, you know, some discipline, but ultimately he said, no, I didn't. And like, yes, you did. And so that, that it was a, that will get you fired for life. Um, so there's like say a national database that we in background would check those. We'd run those names through that database. And uh, I mean, it really does. I mean, the problem is to say like Minneapolis, they cut $8 million. Now they want to spend 6.4 to hire someone who in their right mind is going to go work for them. So you have the guy who, you know, barely passes as a security guard, but really has this ego complex, wants to be a police officer. Um, and he's the only one left applying. And he's probably fast-tracked because they need people. Well, and so yeah. the problem is, is you, you, this cycle of essentially lack of, I mean, basically calling evil good and good evil um, creates, creates bad, I mean, creates problems. It's, you, you, it's Minneapolis and Seattle... I mean, it's, it's a downhill spiral. I mean, why would you work here when no one's, I mean, if your boss basically tells you you're wrong and you can't do your job and you, I mean, you, you start off this with an, I mean, I think the military to some extent, even as you start off with an idealist, idealistic standpoint, you want to make a difference. You want to be there. I mean, that was the accident reconstruction. I mean, it was passionate about how do I change things so that that pain doesn't happen to someone else. I mean, the what? How do we educate? How do we how do we make it a difference so that bad things don't happen to to people to good people? And how do bad we put bad people? That's why you arrest DUIs. You want to get people who are making you know likely to cause death and destruction on the roadway off the road. And so, if you're told you can't make arrests, you can't put bad people in jail, you can't put thieves and and crooks in jail anymore because it hurts their feelings <laughs> the, you know it, it's really it's pretty discouraging if you can't do your job i mean you know we, it, it's a the good people who want to do the job really don't want to do the job and so you end up with some i mean we we would see these in background of folks that were rejected or just you know marginally it's like eh, this isn't you know like if you got a if you got a crown victoria you've bought on auction and you fixed that up and that's your personal car that is a known as a red flag we're not going to hire you no one's going to hire you, you know, this, is, this is wannabe <laughs> but i come with my own car yeah and no. i've got <laughs> some furry handcuffs yeah and, you're, 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 um, i mean i'm yeah. a security guard i got a retired crown victoria and it has yellow lights that you know quickie I mean? mart's never been safer yeah <laughs> we're not going to hire you yeah we, we don't want power hungry people i mean we we, mm-hmm. we don't don't want that at all and so you know when you like when I got hired there were 700 applicants for every every person hired now there's 30 wow so I mean to see that that change I mean societal's change but ultimately if you have somebody that says do I want to do that job or do I want to do that job you know you want good you need you have to have good people good moral ethical people to do to be police officers you get a lot of power and that has to be a job that's very highly scrutinized. Do the background checks. Do the, I mean, we, we investigate literally every alleged use of force all the way as if it was a murder. We, we, we track that down just because we have to make sure that we did it right. And, I mean, murder is a strong word, but sorry. But it, we, we investigate every claim because we want to make sure that we don't have someone out there doing bad things. I mean, it does happen. We've had, but, you know, we do everything we can to attempt to make that not happen. And... So when you have someone who's starting off who's maybe a little bit, eh, this probably isn't the best one, but we got to have a body. We need people. And, I mean, that in any hire, anybody who has a job, anybody who's an employer, 
you don't want the guy who just wants to be there. You want a guy who's passionate about it and who's the right fit for it. And so it gets harder and harder to people who are the right fit and are passionate about it. You end up with either lack of work or just bad people who are going to take advantage of it. Well, and like you said, they're not allowed to do their job. I mean, downtown Seattle is a perfect example. There are places where you can stand across a corner and look at a cop and do drugs, and there's no consequences. So. No, and, and that's yeah. you know that's by design so. of the, the, the city leadership, the mm-hmm. prosecutor. I mean, they, they truly think that's okay. But, I mean, the, the rest of the citizens, I mean, it has to, you have to stand up and say, no, I mean, this is, it's not okay to, for you to allow this small minority to harm us, to be uncivilized, um, and to, to behave in an uncivilized manner that hurts the rest of society. We, we let this little tiny minority, loud, you know, obvious minority. I mean, it's not, you're not loving these homeless people. I mean, I, I look at my foster care experience. This, the, these mothers and fathers' stories are, are heartbreaking. I mean, my, my kids' mom was effectively homeless at 12, she was doing drugs at that time. She was been prostituted. She's been, she's had everything. I mean, she's, she has been abused and it's been a, it makes you cry. You want to like give her a hug, but she has been offered, I mean, services. She's been, I mean, we've tried to get her engaged in things. I mean, and she chooses not to. And yet, you know, she keeps damaging more and more children and damaging more and more people in the people she lives, she touches. But ultimately, it, I mean, again, she had some really bad cards dealt to her, and no one taught her how to play it. But she's an adult now, and you know, if the longer we enable her to make bad choices that destroy her life and destroy the lives around her, that's not loving her. That's hating her. That's cruel to her. And yet, we in Washington society encourage her destruction. And people like her who didn't know any better, we 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 fund it to the tune I think about a hundred thousand a year to every homeless person. We encourage, we hate them. Somebody should be held liable for that. So, somebody, somebody, somebody has to love them enough to say that's not okay. Yeah, you, there's a better way, I and mean, that the housing's it's it's the help's there, but they they don't want it because they want to do their thing, and it's destroying not only destroying the lives around them, but it destroys their own life. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's uh, move it back to the cars a little something bit. Something happy. Let's go to something happier. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, it's, I, w- I would love to hear like. Uh, Let's talk about killing kittens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. What about uh, a fun? Ch- tell me about like your, one of your fun chase stories that ended well. Do you have any fun ones of those? <sighs> Chases aren't fun. Uh, they're they're dirt like racking. when you chased your wife. <laughs> okay, no, no it's not, not love this, story not for the show. No, no, yeah. okay, yeah, no, no, okay. no. Uh, well, I have a high speed run in Germany. I know about. Oh yeah, yeah, where yeah. that was perfectly so, legal and acceptable and safe. Yes, so yeah, we um, Governor Gregoire uh, was a car person, which is you never. I never would have thought that. And she, I, I very early on in her, um, I was driving once, and she was talking about um, how she had an MG convertible. And when she got married, and she and her husband were in the car, and she said, well, they had to sell it to get a family car. And so I was, you know, they didn't have cool cars. They had, a, like, a Jimmy. And so it was like, you know, what, what possibly could they have gotten that led them to this nasty Jimmy? And she goes, yeah, I had to sell it. But, you know, I still wanted a convertible. So I got a, it's a 69 Chevelle SS396, four-speed. And I'm like, 
You're like, I'm, what? I'm like, I'm like, almost like stopped. I'm like, that was your idea of a family car? I'm like, I have a whole new respect for you. That's awesome. You know, and, uh, but you know, I wanted a convertible. I wanted a manual. I'm like, wow. So, but the BMW built a, a carbon fiber factory over in Moses Lake. And they invited the governor over to kind of look at where this carbon fiber was going. It's part of the electric car that's part of the I-3. Oh, over to and Germany. Over to Germany. Yeah. And yeah. so we flew over to Germany, and they provided us with a 760M model and Ooh. two 750Ms, and then a German liaison to help drive us around. And we did this loop of Germany, basically, starting in Munich at the BMW factory and BMW Museum, which was so cool. It's incredible, yeah. But um, we... I had flown in with the governor and we got to that first night at the hotel. We sat down and we, you know, and mapped out everything where we were going times. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. And, um, and I'm checking the routes and you know, kind of rechecking their math. And I'm like, you have us moving between locations at 200 kilometers an hour average with fuel and stops. And he's like, no problem. And I'm like, my two guys that are with me, like, they're like grinning and they're like, no problem. Yeah. And, Cause they had done this. <laughs> we can before. do this. And yeah. uh, so I'm like, well, yeah. this is going to be fun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, so I got the 760 with that V six liter V 12. Yeah. And, um, I got out on the, 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 the gentleman, he says, now you'll see a beep at 240. And that's, that's the, that's the, that's the warning for the winter that has winter tires. Cause this was in October. And he goes, eh, it's not, you know, as long as it's not more than like 20 minutes, you're fine. You know, but we shouldn't be over 240. Well, the guy from BMW said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. And yeah. so we're, we are flying down the Autobahn and sure enough, it's beeping. And she's like, Dave. What's that beepy noise? And Nothing. I said, I said well, that's the high-speed indicator. That's the high-speed warning. But he said it was no big deal. And just, just as long as we didn't sustain the speeds. But, yeah, 200 was not a not at all a problem. I mean, the, the, the lane 200 kilometers? 200 kilometers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The governor was moving. <laughs> we saw, I saw touched 300 once, and then we got back down again. We were trying to catch up to the gentleman in the BMW, the, our, our lead, because I had gotten stuck behind a car. And I'm um, trying to catch up to him, but uh, yeah, we we that was fun, and it, it was like, and, and the car person and her came out. And it's like this was, I mean, the amount of the efficiency at which they move, the skill at which the drivers have over there. I mean, he had probably as much time on a, on a course in drivers training as I did, and that was just his basic driver's license plus a little bit extra with BMW, and uh, that was fun. But yeah, that was uh, we we averaged easily average. We were early. <laughs> um, but uh, the only downside was paying seven dollars a gallon or seven dollars a liter for fuel um, at some of these stops. But uh, we that we quickly filled them up and went on to the next one. But that was a that was a blast. But yeah, we got to see the i three before it went into production. And, oh, cool! Um, it, it was a uh, yeah. They, they, BMW what they showed us different their carbon fiber bumper cores and the M the M threes the roofs and the M three yeah. and the hoods were coming out at that time. And so it was neat neat. Uh, partnership that BMW has over now. I think it's SGL that owns that plant over in Moses Lake. They still produce. Yep, they, do yep. the, they do the carbon weaving there, and they make the carbon fiber thread there. And then they ship it over to Germany and weave it. And so then, a lot of carbon fiber being made here with the the, the, the lab that with, with Boeing yeah. and all yeah. that. Lamborghini and Callaway yeah. golf clubs, forged carbon, all that stuff is all mm-hmm. development here. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was, that was, well, that was, that was, I got to know the fastest thanks to her because right at the end of her term, the NHRA invited her to come out to like experience NHRA out of the Pacific Raceways, and so they had a funny car there and a uh, enclosed car. But anyway, they both had 572 blown 572s, and they were two seaters. 
And so fun. they took her down the track. And then she, we, she gets back, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and it was right at shift change. So we had someone else come <laughs> over, and she's like, do you want to do it, Dave? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, well, would you mind? And, she, and so she took off with the other, with other shift that was taken over. So I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. So I did it. I think we did one research. 159, I think. Wow. I think it was 159. It was like a seven-second quarter mile. That's a it lot. Was, That's it, fast. Was, it was violent. Yeah. I had no idea. I remember they strapped your, they strapped wrists, uh, Velcro, like they, well, it's like belt they strap around your wrist, and there's this heavy duty Velcro that straps to this like like made up steering wheel, and he says, well that's he said don't those need to be tight because if we roll your arms are getting ripped right off if they're not <laughs> oh, on there. Good. And so um, good to know. Yeah, it was. I mean, you, you know, put your head back or it'll knock you out. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a violent launch, and that's I mean, that's like. We sat. We got to sit in the um, one of the funny cars that was racing. You know, three second. You know, three hundred mile an hour quarter miles. Oh, just are so just, insane watching those. Just insane. So, but yeah, it was a that was that was a pretty cool. Yeah, she was a she was a pretty cool governor. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. So good sense. Well, um, it's about that time. <laughs> Nap time. Yeah. No, we should no, talk okay. about our Avant stuff coming. Oh up yeah. Okay. And uh, get to. Some of the good stuff from Avance. Uh, there's only one big event coming up, but it's coming up with our other sponsor, Griot's Garage, mm-hmm. official car care provider of Rain City Supercares. Uh, it's the Avance launch party. They're doing a magazine launch party on the 12th and the 13th this month uh, down at Griot's Garage in Tacoma. And everybody should go check that out. Avance member or not, because that showroom at Griot's is amazing. And constantly changing. And constantly changing. Yeah. There's a gorgeous Senna in there. It's a 65LT, the Lincoln, the uh, M3 Avant. Vant, <laughs> and then the uh, that Lamborghini. Uh, what is it? It's a four hundred, four thousand. Yeah, four thousand GT. GT. I mean, yeah. it just it, it's always changing. Yeah. And then of course, Griot's Motors is down there. But you guys should go check that out. Uh, RCS ten for ten percent off at Griot's Garage. I think you still have your Creeper, right? Yes, I still. I just put new wheels on my Creeper. I bought that in, I think, in high school. I got that. Yeah, so that was like early nineties. Yeah, I think eighty nine or ninety. Eighty nine or ninety. You graduated eighty nine, right? Ninety. Yeah. Watching you both look at each other and squint to try to figure out when that date was. We've both used, used that yeah. a lot. I know. Yeah, it's like that, that, that has been. Yeah. <laughs> that creeper it's has like, gotten more use than any other tool, period. And yeah. The vinyl's still in good shape. Just the wheels had finally, the I think, oil and whatnot had just degraded the plastic of the wheels. So It happens after 35 yeah, years yeah. or whatever. Right, so, yeah. exactly. So. <laughs> was it, I can't remember. I remember when was you it, got was it. Was it the Porsche? Was it when I was redoing I the Porsche? I don't need to be here. Yeah, maybe when you were doing the 914, I think. <laughs> it's a Dave and, Nick, Dave and Dan show now. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh might have been the Porsche. But if I yeah, had to be replaced, pretty, he's a good... Yeah. Did Jeff painted that, didn't he, the Porsche? Or No, that no. was... Um, I'm trying to think. All the people we've interacted with doing car no, the stuff guy, The, the kid that painted that, though, was like his... He painted it in his parents' garage. Yeah. He's now a hot rod builder up in Snohomish. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, where yeah, the connection yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, It's always a small world up there, though. Like, all, this, all the North End car guys all know each other all the time. I his name. His, he, I knew his sister. I met his sister in college. And we, we were friends, and um, he said, oh, his brother paints cars. And so I needed, I was on a budget, so. Um, it turned I, out great, though. Yeah, it turned out really well. Yeah. So. Anyway, I missed that car. You good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's fun to watch you two reminisce, yeah. So. Oh, it's a lot of good times with cars. Yeah. You should have yeah. never taught him to climb a bookshelf. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. I think that was instinctive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that monkey thing. It is that monkey yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm Dan's monkey. I get it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, um, I, we've been looking forward to this for a long time. I really appreciate you coming in. You know, now I, now I hear you're running for the hills. Uh, 
Yes, are moving to we uh, leave for Arkansas tomorrow morning. Another another road trip and a cool car. No, yes. I, yeah. So. <laughs> hey, we upgraded this time. Yeah, Two we brothers upgrade, in a yeah. van. Where yeah, could that yeah. go wrong? We went from the minivan, though, to the 15-passenger van yeah, with a trailer. Cool, this one will cool. do the speed limit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And That's actually, fun. the van, the, the minivan really did not like pulling that little trailer. And it, we were getting like 12 miles per gallon with that minivan because it would never shift into overdrive. And But the van, the big van, it's got the 6-liter yeah. V8 in it, and that thing... Pulls. I, I weighed it with the scales. It weighs like twelve thousand pounds with everything on it, and uh, it's still getting fourteen miles per gallon, which isn't that much worse than what just normal. So <laughs> yeah, it gets Raptor mileage now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, drive safe. Thank you for everything you did up here. You know, we'll we'll miss you, but I'm sure we'll see you again. And uh, for this episode of Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.